get ready for a transformation. But in this kingdom, we start growing. We are replacing those carnal thoughts with the word of God. Our minds are renewed to the word of God. At that time, glory, glory, glory. So when we are speaking, we are speaking from knowledge. Or you wake up and say, Hey, Bonga Fish, Angari, glory to God. I took it in the dream. I will never take it in life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'll never be poor. Ah! Jesus Christ. Pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. Another life-changing moment with Apostle Peters. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are ready to be blessed of you. Our hearts are open. Oh, no blessing will elude anybody. We receive from you today. Teach us by yourself, by your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. During the week, I was alone with the Lord for three days and three nights. Without food and little water. That means fasting, you understand. And the Lord communicated some things to me, among several other things. And one of the things He said, He said, Your people are about to move into a new and greater level lack of prosperity. Now, when, if you were there uh, last year, December, when we were having uh, the meeting for the new year, the prophetic service for the new year. And I was telling you that the Lord said 2020 is the year of prosperity. You remember that I said that it would be the beginning of prosperity for us. I want you to know that um, there is timing in the, in the kingdom of God. There is usually timing. For every church, every ministry, there's something called phases. Just like it is in the life of individuals. You have phases. And we entered into a phase of prosperity. The beginning of it. And also, in that service, I did say that about two years ago, I was saying that last year, about two years ago, previous, that's two years before, while I was praying with the pastors, Back in Okpa. Two years before, the Lord revealed to me and said, 2020 is going to be the beginning of prosperity. You know, in other words, you begin to experience what is called prosperity in your midst. And I remember writing it down that day. I'm sure you should be in our prophecy book. Some of the pastors writing that down. And I, I put that in my head apart from writing it down. And when 
it was close to 2020, actually, when I was about to ask the Lord, what are you saying about 2020? He reminded me of that. He said, I told you about it two years before, that it will be the beginning of prosperity. Wow, interesting. And he said, it's a year of prosperity. And that was what happened. I announced that. And you ought to have started experiencing prosperity. You ought to. If you don't, um, there are several things. But if you have not started, well, I'll leave that for another time. So, 2020 started. It is a year that started prosperity in our lives. That means the beginning of prosperity. And the Lord said, yes. We're about to move into greater level of it. In fact, the Lord already told me what next year is. And um, one of the things you should watch out for next year is that you have greater prosperity. Because listen, this is the beginning. This year is the beginning. This year is not all. It's the beginning. The Lord said we are moving. It's the beginning of something. So next year is going to be greater. Uh, Some of you will have in your life the beauty and glory that you've seen others experience in their own life. You have it in your own life. You understand? The very things that you've looked at others and you're like, wow. It will manifest in your life. And and you'll be quiet about it. You understand? Uh, Be quiet. Have you ever seen any rich man making noise about? If you're really rich and you know what you have is the real thing, you don't make too much noise. You just say, oh, we thank God. God has blessed us. We thank God. <laughs> okay, so that's what the Lord said, among several other things. And then he said to me, prepare your people. Prepare your people. So I'm going to begin the preparation from today. All through the month of November, make sure you don't miss any service. I advise you. Because it's going to be preparation. I'm going to, by the Spirit of God, pour out my heart on this prosperity thing so that you can be prepared because you have to understand that there are principles in the kingdom of God you, you, when God says something you have to find out how do I key into it what's my role so I want to begin to teach you your role so that you can cooperate with God very important so you don't take it lightly Make sure you listen and listen hard and you don't miss anything in what I'm about to say. Okay? Also, November, I'm going to be dealing with, with this. Um, December 1st is a prosperity service. So, it's a cap of it. It's a special service where you'll be ministered to concerning what you do by the anointing. Ministering the anointing over your business, over your work. So December 1st is prosperity service. Alright, so I will begin um, talking on this subject, how to always have money, or kingdom principles for prosperity today. On Sunday, uh, I may not talk about it because Sunday is spirit service. So we are going to be taking communion now. We are going to be looking at the month strictly on Sunday. Then from Sunday afterwards, we continue in this direction. Glory to God. Now, you cannot give what you do not have. I believe you know, or should I remind you, that it's not some some joke and some tale or some fables that 
Rapture is close. I'm not changing my mind on it because it's what I know. I so know it so much. It's close. And we made our calculations from the word of God and uh, we said at most 10 years uh, it should happen. If not 10 years, okay, that's based on calculations from the Bible. Now, any Bible scholar who knows this thing will tell you the same thing. Okay? Uh, if not 10 years from now, we said at most, remember? So it could happen from the calculation, it could happen next year, it could happen next two years, three years, and so on and so forth. But at most, it won't go beyond 10. Now, if, it, if God in His mercy decides to shift it, which I don't think, I don't think so, because there's nothing else to wait for to see. If He, he in His mercy decides to shift it, it shouldn't go beyond 15, but I don't think so. So don't be deceived. Okay? But, the time, the short period you have on earth, it doesn't mean that you should suffer. What do you think? If you've never tasted the good things of this life, you should be able to taste them this short period. And then, you should be able to use the opportunity also for those of you that have missed in the past. You've not been able to put some treasure over there for yourself. This is the period. This short period. You need to build treasure for yourself there. So by the time that time comes, you enter into your glory. <laughs> Woo! Oh, I said, you know, you cannot give what you do not have. How many of you know that I'm a full-time minister of God? Full-time. How many of you? Are you aware? Just a few. So for the rest of you, you're not sure. You're not really sure, right? That's being honest. Some of you think maybe he has a business beside that he does. And some speculate and so on. No. I am a full-time pastor. Full-time. I mean, I don't do anything else. That's the only thing I, I do. Why? Because the Lord instructed me to. Okay? I was working and the Lord said to stop it. And said to be full-time. Now, listen to me. Any pastor that is full-time and is truly full-time should be really anointed. If God really wants to do something with your life, if you are still working and combining it, no, no, it's not a serious one yet. If God really wants to do some stuff, He will need you to always be with Him. Always. And so, uh, you cannot be with the Lord that much and not be anointed. If you search through the scriptures, those that God used with so much anointing mostly only work for God. It doesn't mean that, uh, like I said, it doesn't mean that I will not have business besides. I will. Now I'm saying that I'm driving you somewhere. Some of you are wondering why is he saying not there? Just relax. If I am a full time pastor, which I am, and uh, I have a wife and children, okay, and we feed, and we feed well, by the way, all right? Now, you want to judge that, you judge from looking at my wife and my kids. Don't judge from me. Because if you look at me, you will be wrong. You see, uh, you want to look, look at, you want to know a man's estate. You look at the wife and the kids. That's how you know. That's how you measure it. If you have the D and the F on the children and on the wife, you know that something is wrong from inside. You, you get what's going on? How many of you understand? Uh-huh. So, you, you want to judge me. You judge, look at my wife and my kids. Alright? And uh, I'm sure they are not bad at all, like you know. Okay, thank you. 
So if we feed and we feed well, and this pastor is full time, and we live comfortably, and uh, I have bills to pay, just like you do, the NEPA bill, electricity bill, as you know, security bill, children's school fees, you have the gas in the house to fill, which other bill? Uh, house rent is there. Which other thing? All the bills, you know them. And I have all of those. And they are going smoothly. And I've never called up any member and said, please, 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 please. My, my wonderful daughter is the Lord. I need your help. <laughs> I've never, I need to never have by the way. And I've never done that. And I've never begged for money. So how am I doing it? I have a mother who is a widow whom I send money every month. Every month. And a few family members that I also send money. So how? What's going on? How? Where is the money coming from? <laughs> you know I laugh when some people think something. They say, oh, thank God the wife is working in the university. So her salary is doing a lot of work. For those of you that think that we are here to disappoint you, I don't collect my wife's salary. And you can ask her afterwards. Now, listen, I'm not saying it's wrong for the wife to bring the salary and contribute. I encourage young couples to do so. In fact, when we married newly, uh, my wife and I, my wife is very supportive. Okay, so uh, she, she gave her salary. She will bring it collected it, she would bring it and say, here is the salary, with all submissiveness, okay, and I would, I would tell her what, okay, let's plan it this way, let's do this. But when I started ministry for real, I told her, I said, your salary is for you, anything you want to do with it, you can do with it. Okay? And once in a while, I could say, okay, use some part of it to do something. I'm talking about when I left having access to a salary. Okay, then I told her, I said, let it be with you. Whatever you want to do, just do with it. Why? Because God called me. And if he called me, that means he employed me, and then he ought to take your things. What do you think? And you want your, your children to, to, to be good, to feed well, to go to school and the rest. So where is that money coming from? How are they coming? If he says it's not worth He's not into any business. He's a full-time. So how is he surviving? Well, I know of pastors that are into full-time and they go about begging. You know, when you say you are a full-time pastor, people just shake their head for you. Say, yeah, sorry, we have to pity him. We have to pity him. You know what it means? It's not what it's not even full-time. And some, some of them even insult you, say it's because he's lazy. That's why he's into full-time. <laughs> okay. I can tell you that the work of a full-time pastor is more than the work of a banker. Is that you serious? I'm serious. A full-time pastor means you're going to work all through. The moment God employs you, the moment he employed you, you don't stop working until you drop dead or you are taken by rapture. When you work in any organization, they give you time. By four, you close. By six, you close. You don't close as a full-time pastor. You don't take a holiday. <laughs> you have the burden of others on your head. They are burdened. It shouldn't be your business, but it's, it's now your business. Somebody says something is wrong. You are thinking about it. 
you can't sleep properly. You are you are praying about it. You're Lord, something must be done. <laughs> it's your burden. You can't go about to the beach with your your family members. You can't do that. There are a lot of things to deal with. Do what at the beach? Where there are souls to pray for. Okay, and so on and so forth. So how how are all these money coming? How? How am I being sustained? I want to tell you. From the first Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter number one, the ninth verse, the first three words. Just the first three words. Read it now. One, two, go. One more time. That's it. God is faithful. Listen, if you discover in your life that God is not faithful, you can see his faithfulness, then check something. Check something about you or check what you've been doing. Maybe there's something you're supposed to be doing you're not doing or there's something you're doing you're not doing right or there's something you're doing you're not doing with knowledge. You know, there are those that do things, but not with knowledge. They are just doing it. So much effort, but not with knowledge. It's like somebody who has a cutlass, and he's using the cutlass to cut. Like the Bible says, but that cutlass is blunt. If that is happening, it's a waste of time. So much energy, no work will be done. But when you have something that is very sharp, you don't have to know too much energy. Once you cut it, you get the job done. When you don't have the key to a door, you struggle with it. You're trying to open it. You're pushing it hard. What is going on? Oh, this door. But then, for the one who has the key, you just come and you slot it in, open that, and then you've got no effort at all. (laughs) One time, my wife and I were going home. I was buying something behind and she was ahead with her kids. And it was one key to the gate. So she got there ahead of me. So I was watching her go. But when she got there, she had to wait with the key. She was so tired. We didn't think about her getting the key before she left me. It didn't occur to her. It didn't occur to me. So she was going ahead. But when she got there, because I could see her ahead, afar off, she stopped and was waiting. Now, she was so tired, she could have gotten inside. But why couldn't she enter? She didn't have the key. So who's going to make you have access in? The one that has the key. And while I was looking at her, the Lord spoke to my heart. and said, that's how so many people's journey in life is. They run ahead. It looks like those other ones are behind. But when they get there, they go there, they wait. They have to wait. In fact, the one with the key comes, opens the door, and gets in first. But this one I've gone ahead. You see, life. Life is all about keys and principles and laws. You have those things, the keys, you know about them and you know how to use them, the principles and the laws, then you will always win. 
There are principles to having money and working in prosperity in God's kingdom. There are principles. And you know something about God? He's a God of principle. Every time you follow God's principle, the same way He has said it, you will always get the same results. You know I usually say this. When with God, when there is a button, then God says, when you press this button, this will come out. And you press the button, it comes out. And you press it again, it comes out. Listen, with God, if you keep pressing that button, the same thing will keep coming out. It will never fail. As long as it's that button you're pressing, because that's what God said. As long as your finger is on that button, it will keep, keep coming out. Because God's principles don't fail. And you know another thing about it. God's principles always work irrespective of who is using it. God is not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter who is it that is using the principle, that is using the key. It will always work. Listen, your dog does not understand whether the one that is using the key is fat or thin, is tall or short, is light complexion or dark. In fact, your dog does not even understand that you are the one that is using the key is not the owner of the house. doesn't understand that. As long as that key enters that hole, and that fellow knows how to turn it, he will enter. Either he's a thief, robber, president, whoever. The laws that God has put in place, those laws that he has put in place, they do not respect persons. If you go up and you decide to land down, you will still come down. Now, if you walk, let's assume there's no wall here, and you decide to just walk through, you are coming down. Because there's a law that God has put in the earth. And that law functions for everybody. It's called the law of gravity. That's making everything to be pulled towards the center of the earth. Magnetic force. It's a law. It doesn't respect any person. It doesn't matter who you are. It's called the law of gravity. No respect of persons. That's why you wonder why some unbelievers could have money. They could have real money. And you now wonder how did it happen? How come? Because there are some laws that these people put to work. The number one law, for instance, I want to talk to you about is the law of work. Now, some people don't know it's a law. But it's a law. God's law. God put it there that if you work... (laughs) Ephesians chapter number 4. Let me show you that. You know, I'm going to begin to fly high and higher and higher by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to show you how too. Because you see, by 2021, if rapture has not t- taken place, and you see me, it will be a different whole level entirely. There are some movements that you move like this. There are some that you move why? Because I'm charting my course already. Alright, look at this. Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 28 He says, let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give 
to him that needeth. Excuse me, this is strange. How can God say you should work to give? People say, no, we, I'm working to make a living. God says, no, we don't work to make a living. We work to make a giving. Why? Because it's a principle with God. Listen, God's principles are totally different from this world. The word says, you save. God says, uh-uh, you give. Now, that does not mean that God eradicates the saving parts. No, God talks about saving. But he doesn't think that's the first thing you do. God looks at things differently. You know, God is spiritual. He made the whole world. He understands all the laws. He, he knows everything. He made everything. Who do we follow? God. Whose instruction do we follow? His instruction. Why? Because he knows everything. He knows how to make a man great. The Bible says he makes great. The Bible says he makes king. He brings down kings. He raises the poor out of the dust. And the beggar from the dunghill. And then he sets them with princes. Rulers of this world that is. So if that God is telling you something, you take it seriously. God's principles don't fail. God says, the one that's stealing, let him stop stealing. But rather he should start working with his hands. That thing which is good. In other words, what he's doing should be good with God and for men. You understand? Then he says, that which he's doing that is good, he said he should do it to make a giving. Hello? What is he telling you? He's not saying when you make all your money, you give them all out. That's not what he's saying. He's trying to tell you that your primary reason for working is to make a giving. Why? Remember, God is talking to his children. Those in his kingdom. He's not talking to everybody in the world. He's talking to his children. The reason God says it is because the only way to multiply what you have is to give. When you release, God brings to you. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Now, when he says give and it shall be given unto you, we always think of it in this light that, you know, when I give to A, when I need, when, when I got a problem, you know, and I call him up, he remember what I'm giving to him and then we want to, no, that's not what God is talking about. This one is beyond, I do good for you, you do good for me. No. This one is the law. Every time you give something, you are putting a law to work spiritually that has gone to work for you. And God could raise anybody, could use anybody to bring to you because God's word cannot fail. You cannot make his word fail. Now, we're talking about the law of work. So where you could miss it up is, you say, well, you know, I, I, God will bless me, I have prosperity, but you are not working. You must work. It's called the law of work. That's the first law. In fact, let me, let me stretch that for you. But you have to know the reason why you're working primarily to give. And I will talk about that not now, maybe some other time. So keep that aside. Let's look at another portion of the Bible. First Thessalonians. See, I will not miss it. You must get everything today. You must get everything that needs to share with you today. First Thessalonians chapter number 4 verse from verse 11. From verse 11. And that he study to be quiet and to do your own business. Have you all seen that part? Did you see what I just read? He said you should what? And do what? Do your own business. That's why I advise people. Make sure you do your own business. Don't be under somebody. Be your own boss. You see God is advising. Even advises his children to be your own boss. Say so do your own business. 
Because you see, when that unbeliever is the boss over that business, and you are working on that, God will have no choice than to bless him because of you. Because you know you are tightened from there. And God will have to bless that work. And the money will be coming to him. And he may not even recognize you. So he gets rich. And you are not getting rich. That's why many organizations have become so great. Because of the Christians that are working there. Now say, but the guy is not, is an unbeliever. Why is God blessing him? No, he hired a lot of Christians. Some of them are very smart. They love to hire a lot of Christians. And those ones are paying. So that, that organization will not go down. Because there are Christians that are being sustained there. So God gives you wisdom. He says, do your own business. Where you are the boss. So that whatever blessing that is coming will be coming into that business. Ah, woo! Woo! I love it. Look at it. And to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we have commanded you. Work with your hands. That ye may walk honestly toward them that are without and that ye may have lack of nothing. So that you will lack nothing. Alright, let me read another place. Second Thessalonians chapter number 3. Verse 10. It says, For even when we were with you, have you found it? Second Thessalonians chapter number 3, reading from verse 10. For even when we were with you, this we command, commanded you, that if any work not, or any would not work, beg your pardon, any would not work, neither should he eat. This is the instruction. If you don't work, you should not eat. That's what the Bible says. So what about if I'm not working? Don't eat at all. Because you're supposed to be working. You're supposed to be working. Look at it. For we hear that there are some which work among you disorderly. Working not at all. You see, you see, it's, it's disorderly when you don't work. You are working not at all, but are busybodies. Now and then, that as such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. Don't seek to go about people's house when you are not working. You must work. That's what he's saying. So that's the first law. The first law is the law of work. How many of you are already fulfilling that law? You're working already. You have something you're doing. You know what I mean by working? Business or whatever. You're working? Oh no, come on, wave your hand if you're fulfilling that law. So you pass the first law. But you know that's not enough. Then we move now. You have to follow these laws. First, there must be something that you have in your hand that God has to use as a channel to use to bless you. If that one is not there, you'll be wasting your time. Listen, no matter how much you give, you will be wasting your time. Let me let me give you an instance. I just spoke spoke about myself now. When my wife and I got married, that was not when the ministry started. And yet I was not doing anything. So also when the ministry and God already instructed me where I work, the Lord said, This place you work is the last place you will ever work. So once you move from here, you get married and you don't work. You go into ministry, into the ministry. Now it was a tough one, but I had to obey God. Now while I was there, I was always at home. Because I was preparing for the ministry. I was studying the Bible, you know, preparing myself, praying, you know, just there at home. My wife would go to work, but I would be back there at home. No ministry has started. All that time, I hardly got money. Why? I was not working. The work had not even started. But my wife was always out there. And she was always coming back with testimonies of, I got this. I got that. I got this. Why? Because that was the channel that God had at that time to bless us through. 
So she would come with things. And we, we had, God took care of us. Oh God. But it was always through her. But then, when I started, God extended it, expanded it. And it was no longer limited to through her. He started coming through me. Also. Why? Because that's another channel. How many of you got that? If you don't have a channel, then it's a waste of time. No matter how much you type, all that time I was typing. No matter how much you give, God wants something. He needs something. When, when um, God wanted want to bless a man, he says, what is in your hand? What did he tell that widow? That um, prophet of God. He says, what is in your hand? What is in your house? That was what God multiplied. Because you need to have a channel through which God will bless. Now, if you have that channel, the next thing you should be thinking of is expansion. It must expand. This thing must bring real money. You must not limit yourself and say, no, you are a child of God. It must bring real money. This thing must expand. Say, but I don't really need it so much. No! Even if it's a short while that you need it, it must bring you money. Look at it. The second law, which I've talked about, but I want to take it a step further. The second law is the law of tithing. Is the law of tithing. The first time tithing was mentioned in the Bible was in the book of Genesis chapter 14. Turn there. Genesis chapter 14. That's the first time that tithing was mentioned. Now, that time that tithing was mentioned, there was no law. Because, you know, some people said that um, tithing is a law. Is a law. Is part of the law. No, it's, it's not. At this time, there was no, no law. And the Bible reveals chapter 14. Let's go to verse 20. Verse 18. Okay. Uh, Genesis 14. 18. Um, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Ah! Have you found it? Uh. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. Now, who is Melchizedek? He's a priest. What do you mean king of Salem? The word Salem means peace. What you call Shalom. Okay? King of peace. And that's why scholars have said that was Jesus himself. Or God himself. But I won't talk about that today. Melchizedek, king of Salem. Now, he's talking about the priest. He says the priest brought forth bread and wine to Abraham. Abraham had just gone what you would call is back from business now. You understand? Business trip. But this was not really business trip. He went to find fight a particular battle and he came back with some things. Alright, now watch this. Then we have this priest. The Bible says the priest of the Most High came forth and brought forth bread and wine. I will talk about bread and wine. What's the meaning of that? Bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God and he blessed him. He blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High. Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And Abraham gave him Melchizedek tithes of all. This is the first time that the word tithes will be mentioned in the scriptures. And this is the first person that ever gave tithes. And, be, and at this time, there was no law. So why would Abraham give tithes? Who told Abraham to do it? Because God had never instructed anybody to do it. So how did Abraham know about tithing? Very simple. The Bible shows that Abraham was a prophet of God. And the prophet is the one that 
that has visions and revelations. In other words, they know things supernaturally. So, Abraham had visions and revelations. He knew things supernaturally. So, with the heart of the prophet, he knew about Titan ahead of time. Titan means ten parts of all. So, he brought the tithes. The Bible says Melchizedek gave him what? Bread and wine. Now, excuse me. Did Abraham pay the tithes before Melchizedek gave him the bread and wine? Huh? No. Melchizedek gave him bread and wine first before Abraham paid the tithes. Did you notice that? What's the meaning of bread and wine? Bread and wine signifies, bread signifies the word of God. Wine, the Holy Ghost. So, the priest gives the word of God to his people. In other words, he teaches them the word of God, shows them the word of God, and gives them the spirit. What does that mean? For instance, when I prophesy into your life, I'm proclaiming blessings. That's giving the spirit, empowering you with the spirit of prosperity. Whatever I do, that's the spirit that I do by the spirit of God is the spirit. Jesus said, the word that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So, we get there. That the first man that paid tithes paid his tithes to the priest. He didn't pay it to anybody, but to the priest. Because it's called the law of first mention. When you find something in the Bible and you don't understand it, there's something we call the law of first mention. You go to where it is first mentioned in the scriptures. So the first time this was going to be mentioned, it was in connection with Abraham. And how did Abraham do it? Abraham gave the tithes to the priest. It was the priest that he gave the tithes to. And the Bible shows us that the priest had given him bread and wine. And then the priest did something else. The priest blessed him. That's why when you come out to tithe, I'd like to bless you. Okay? So when he did that, how did Abraham know how to do that? He was a prophet. He knew how it should be done. And the Bible reveals that Abraham was made great, really. He prospered in every way. The second time Titan would be mentioned was still not under the law. The law had not come. It was Jacob, Abraham's grandson, in the 28th chapter. Genesis, go there. 28th chapter, book of Genesis. You know, there is this understanding of Titan that I have that make it produce results for me. When you understand why you're doing what you're doing, you have the results. Alright, 28th chapter, Genesis, verse 22. This is Jacob talking now. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tent unto thee. Now, how did Jacob know about this? Jacob learnt it from his father. Now, who's his father? Isaac. Who's Isaac? The son of Abraham. So that means Abraham had taught Isaac, and Isaac taught it to his son. Did you get it? This was ever before the law. Then, something happened. But, 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 first of all, there's something I want you to see there. Let's go back to verse 22. Look at it. And this stone which I have set for the pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tents. How many? The tents. So this is how we got to know that tithe is actually tents. That means if you have a thousand naira, you divide it into ten parts. And then you give hundred naira uh, as a tithe. Do you still do that under the New Testament? Is God telling him to give tents under the New Testament? No, not really. I'll talk about that shortly. But this was how it was done. Alright, now, I, I want to show you something that may shock you a little. That I brought controversy about Tyson. Are you ready to see this? Deuteronomy. <laughs> Chapter 14. 
brothers and sisters, I've told you before. If there is something that they ask you to do in church and you don't understand it, make sure you understand it. First, you, you can obey because your pastor is saying it and you revere your pastor. So you obey because this is the spiritual man saying we should do it. But make sure you find why you're doing it. You must not be enslaved by any man. Understand why you're doing it. That's my nature. If there's anything I'm doing and I don't understand it, I go look for the reason, the understanding of it. I search the scriptures. If I look in the scriptures and I could still not link it, I drop it. For instance, as a young Christian, while I was in the church I was growing up, we were taught about first fruit offering. And I gave first fruit offering. I gave it. Why? Because they did it where I was and our pastor instructed us to do it. But then one day, I had to sit down to find out about first fruit offering. What is it about? Did God instruct us to give it? And then when I searched the scriptures, I discovered that under the New Testament, you don't give first fruit offerings. Now, so far, it has produced results for those who gave it. Not because it is first fruit, but because every time you give God something, He will have to bless you. But the, the seed itself, that first fruit itself, is not there for us under the New Testament. Every time God mentions first fruit under the New Testament, is in connection with Jesus or uh, people or something. Nothing has to do with offering. Okay, so I discovered that there was no first, it was under the law. So for us, we don't give first fruits. So because I see the blessings, I encourage people. I say, okay, they said first fruit, your first fruit offering means that the first salary you collect when you just start a new work, you give it. I said, make sure you do it. Because when you do it, that's a seed. And that's faith. I have some of the members here that are giving first fruit here, and they come back with testimonies. But we don't call it first fruits. They say, my seed, sir. This is the first, the first salary I got from this job. You know, in tradition, they tell you to take it to your parents. That's nonsense. Your parents can never multiply your money. Only God can. I even ignorantly did it before. As a young kid, I was teaching a group of children and I took it to my parents. Some of them will even tell you you should use it to buy shina and give it to them. So they will drink it and pray on the floor and then they will bless you. It's all rubbish. Take it and drop it at the altar of God. And when you drop it, you say, Lord, I seal this business or I seal this job. How can you drop such a seed and they sack you? Don't you understand? You have to be the one to work out of it, that job. You'll be, be fed up and you leave. Why? Because you bring back to remember, you God to remembrance. You tell him, you remember the first seed, the salary from here came to you and we had a deal. Don't you get what is going on? But the word first fruit itself is not there. That offering is not there under the New Testament. And me, I don't, you see, we don't use a gimmick to try to get money. See, we will stand before God though. I will give account because of how much your chop change. I will not be shaking when I stand before Jesus. <laughs> you say you collected first fruit. Where did you ever learn first fruit? Ah, I learned it from my pastor. Didn't you say the scripture? <laughs> and then you now collect the people's money. Gimmick. And then you use it. No, no, no. So I have to tell you the truth. You get it? Okay. Now, I said you should turn to Deuteronomy, right? Chapter 14. You know how I got to all this? Because I went to search about Titan. 
I went to search. Oh, look. Let's look at something. From verse, from verse, maybe from verse 29 would be okay. No, no, no. 25 is good. Then shalt thou turn it into money and bind up the money into thine hand and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. Make sure you look in now and see this. And thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lusted after. He's talking about tithes. He's talking about tithes. He says, you take that tithe and thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever, anything you desire. You are so lost after for oxen or for sheep or for wine or for strong drink. If that's what you feel like using your tithe to do. Okay? Alright? Or for whatsoever thy soul desireth. And thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God and thou shalt rejoice, thou and thine household. Did you see that? He's telling you what you should do with tithes, right? Let's read up. And the Levites... That is within thy gates, thou shalt not forsake him, for he hath no part nor inheritance with thee. And at the end of three years, thou shalt bring forth all the tithes of thine increase the same year, and shall lay it up within thy gates, and the Levite, because he hath no part or inheritance with thee, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come, and shall eat, and be satisfied, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of, of thine hand, which thou doest. How many of you have ever seen this portion or you heard somebody preach this before? Very interesting. I even heard one person say, was preaching it. He says, God instructs that our tithe, we should go and give it to the widows, to the poor. That, but the pastors, because they are thieves, they have the people to bring their tithes to church. But what the Bible is saying that the tithe should be taken to the widows, should be taken to the orphans, should be taken to the beggars. That's what we should take the tithe. So when you have your tithe, you separate it and you take them and you give to them. Okay? Because of this portion of the Bible. You know when ignorance is talking? When foolishness is talking? Those who know. You see, sometimes you don't answer some people. That's what he's saying. Yes. But have you studied it? Listen. There was even a time I was in a service with a man of God that I revered. And I was seated in that service, of course, as one of the ministers there. And that man of God said, he prophesied to a particular woman in that service. I said, I want to do something now. Then he said, one of his um, people, ushers, he said, go to my office. My tithe is there. White envelope. Bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Then the, the guy, the fellow brought it. Then he gave it to the woman. He said, I'm giving, this is my tithe. I'm giving it to you because the woman needs help. He said, I'm giving this to you. And the woman collected it and said, Thank you. He says, It's a huge amount of money. Make sure you keep it properly. The woman says, Thank you, sir. You know, it's tied to the woman. Listen, there are things that should be done God's way, not how you think. Now, let me explain this part to you. If you study the Bible, in the law, alright? There are three types of tithes. This is where people miss it. There is something called the sacred tithes. Now, the sacred tithes is a tithe that goes to the priests. That tithe does not go anywhere else but to the house of God. The purpose of that tithe is to help God's temple. And that's the tithe that we saw. Because the first place that tithe was mentioned, I remember I told you, the law first mentioned, Abraham. How did Abraham do it? Did he take it to the poor? No, he gave it to the priest. That's called sacred tithe. 
It's for the priests. It's for the temple of God, the house of God. That's the one we give here. It's called sacred tithes. That one was before the law. It came before the law. And since it came before the law, it would not end with the law because it did not come in the law. It came before the law. Hello? Are you still here? You traveled? Okay, good. Now, what is the purpose of the sacred tithe? The sacred tithe, I've mentioned it here now. The sacred tithe is the tithe that the 10%, according to the, the scriptures, Old Testament, you take 10% of it and then you give it in the house of God to the priest and the priest blesses you for that thing to achieve something in his house, in the house of God. That's sacred tithe. It's directly to God. Then the second type of tithe is called the festival tithe. The festival tithe is a tithe that is for your enjoyment. <laughs> you know I just mentioned God now. The sacred tithe is for God. This one is for your enjoyment. Now let's now look at it. We were in Deuteronomy chapter 14, so let's look at it now. Let's look at the festival tithe. How many of you are there? See how some people are looking at me. Deuteronomy chapter number 14. I want to read from verse 22. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year and thou shalt eat. Shall eat. This is called the festival tithe because they usually give this tithe during this festival period. So, you know, in Israel they have different festivals. One day I will teach you about the festivals but because they are not so useful, that's why. Instead of teaching you, I've studied about it. So they have different festivals that they did in Jerusalem. So during the festival, they will come with their tithes, this particular kind of tithe. Look at it now. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed, that the field bringeth forth year by year, and thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God, in the place which he shall choose to place his name there. In this case, God will choose for you. Okay, family, this, that's where you go. This other family, that's where you go to have this one. Okay. Uh-huh. The size of thy corn, say corn, what is that? That has to do with the produce from your farm. Do you notice that? Now, you know you don't bring tithe. You don't bring yam here and say it's a tithe. You know that. But this one is talking about festival. That's why he's mentioning some things. Thy corn, of thy wine, and of thine oil, and the first means of thy herd, animals, and of thy flocks. That thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. And if the way be too long for thee, so that thou art not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord thy God hath blessed thee, then shalt thou turn it into money. You will turn it into money. If the place you're taking it is too far, you know, carrying the cows and all that, you turn it into money. In other words, you look for the quantity of it in monetary term. Okay, then shall thou turn it into money and bind up the money in thine hand and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever your soul, your soul lusted after. In other words, anything your soul likes. For oxen or sheep or for wine or for strong drink. You know, you heard a fool say, even according to the Bible, you should use your money to buy wine. Your tithes, you should be to buy alcohol. Do you understand that? This is where the guy got it from. I would never be ignorant in my life. Listen, there's nothing you can do. If you are not anointed to teach, you can't force it. 
if you're studying, you just be reading like newspaper. You'll be seeing different information. Don't you understand? It takes the anointing to understand some things like this. So a guy that is not anointed of God to teach, what do you think he will be teaching you? Confusion. And you, you read something like this, say, hey, it's true, they've been deceiving. Now. Hey, so I'm supposed to use my tithe to go. You know people like it because they don't really want to give the tithe before. They say, let's use it to buy here my tube. And hey, let's eat. Ha! What? You are hitting your future that way. Because after you eat the yam and egg, that's all you have. The next thing, you are in the toilet. You pass it out. You got it. <laughs> hey! Verse 36. And thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lusted after, for oxen, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or for whatsoever thy soul desire, and thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice, thou and thine household. This is called festival tithe. The third kind of tithe is called charity tithe. Charity tithe. In charity tithe, it means that you will look for the poor. One, the beggars, the orphans, the widows, the fatherless. Then you separate 10% of what you got. When? At the end of three years. At the, that one is at the end of three years. When you separate it at the end of three years, then you look for those and then use it to bless them. Let's read it. It's there. The same place. Verse 27. And the Levites that is within thy gate, thou shalt not forsake him, for he hath no part nor inheritance with thee. <laughs> At the end of three years, thou shalt bring forth all the tithes of thy increase the same year, and shall lay it up within thy gates. And the Levites, because he hath no path, no inheritance with you, and the stranger, and the fatherless. Now, one moment, let me, can I, can you permit me to say something about this? When it talks about the Levites, the Levites refers to what we call today the pastors in the house, and the, like apostles, you know. What is it saying? The Levites were not permitted to work outside God's kingdom. These were people that were chosen for God. God said, the Levites don't work for any man. They work for me. And as they are working for me, you guys are the ones to feed them. Do you get what is going on? So, when God was instructing them about taking care of the poor and, and how they took care of themselves with the tithe, he says, don't forget the Levites. Because since they are not working, they don't have all these things by themselves. It's the people now help them. Do you get what is going on? That's why you are here seeing Levites. The Levites don't forsake. Do you understand? Uh, the Levites are just a, a tribe of uh, Israel, a tribe in Israel that do not work. They only work for God. What you call the pastors and the reverend and so on today. Okay. And the Levite, because he has no part or inheritance with thee, he doesn't have inheritance. The Levite must not fight for land. He doesn't have inheritance. Only these people. And the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow, which are within thy gate, shall come, and shall eat, and be satisfied. That the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hand, which thou doest. Excuse me. If somebody met you on the way, and reads this to you, and tells you this is what your tithe ought to be done with, this is what you should do with your tithe, what will you think? Wow, they deceived us all the while. So the tithe is supposed to go to the widows and to the fatherless, not knowing the guy is ignorant. Because there are three types of tithe. In fact, this one that should go to the widow, I just said it, we just read it also. Three years after, it's done three years into every three years. What we are practicing in the church now is called the sacred tithe, the one that goes to the temple only. Why? Because that's the one that came before the law. And we can't stay with the law. Christ has abolished the law. So we don't still go and pick something that is in the law because somebody might say, okay, so why don't we still do that? 
We still have some tithe that we give to the poor. If you want, you can do it, but not with your tithe. I want you. You can do that with any money you like. We still give to the poor, but not with the tithes. Is it clear? I'm giving you my understanding of tithing. If you understand it, then you, it will work for you. Because you know, you can be paying something and you are not getting the results as you should. But when you have the deep understanding, you'll be getting the result. Listen, when you are tithing, take it seriously. Don't take it lightly. It's not something that you do. You just do. They say we should do it. I don't want people to think that I didn't come out for tithing today. So let me just go out. No! It's something that is serious. It's sacred. Really sacred. Must it be 10%? No. Under the Old Testament, God had to give them specifics to help them because these guys are dummies. Don't you understand? Why were they dummies? They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They were not alive to God. As you are now, you are alive to God because the Holy Spirit has recreated your spirit. So you can pick things. Somebody can decide to, okay, um, I don't want to give 10%, I want to give 20. Depends on you. I don't want to give 20, I want to give 15. I, I don't want to, I want to give 12. Many times I give more than 10. But the thing I assure that I do is that I don't give less than 10. Why? Because 10 is there. 10% before the law. So I don't want to go down below that. Listen, I've tithed for a new position before and I got it. Even while I, while I was working in the secular job. I wanted a new salary and then I started tightening it. Every month I would tithe for that new salary. Until I got there. Until eventually the salary had to come. Because I was doing it by faith. Listen, tithe is something you take seriously. You just give it like, you know some people give it and they are sad. You are sad? Because you feel pain like I had to bring out this tithe. I know what this could have done for me. Ah, it shows that you are ignorant. You are tithe. Every time I wanted to give tithe, I'm excited because I know it's another opportunity for doors to be opened unto me. Do you know that when I get to calculate my tithe, and I'm not sure whether I've given the tithe before, do you know that any time I'm calculating and I'm not sure whether I've given the tithe before, I don't just waste my time, I just give again. It's better to be on that side than to be on... Listen. Oh, gosh. Malachi. Let me show you something, Malachi. Listen to me. Don't let somebody whose life is wrecked or who doesn't understand his life, he doesn't know where he's going, he's not making real progress, he will be leading you wrongly. I mean, look at the fellow... That is on the internet. That fellow that is saying all the nonsense. I don't. His name is not important. He shouldn't be on my lips. He's saying all those nonsense. And the people he's talking against are greater than him. Don't you understand? Your critics are not always those. Always those ahead of you. They are always those behind you. No great man criticizes a small man. You don't let someone like that determine. When you miss heaven, will you? Will you? <laughs> Will he be there to, to say, sir? Will he even be the one to say, sir? I, I was the one that misled him. What if you have been misled and the guy himself changes his mind and gets born again later? Brothers and sisters, let's stay with the word. It pays to stay with the word of God. It pays. If I'm teaching you and I'm not doing it, then I'm deceiving you. And you will know. <laughs> you will know. Because every time you have to bail me, you you know, you know. There's no way you I can't hide for a long time. You know. You just look and say, ah, ah, we are feeling sorry for this, our pastor. You know. 
God spoke to me personally about tithing. God dealt with me about tithing before. I mean, you know when a father deals with a son? For, me, for missing it, God dealt with me. And since then, I don't want another dealing. I mean, we got so stuck and so broke, I couldn't tell my wife what had happened. It was after everything was not moving. I was now thinking, oh God, oh, I wish I could rewind it. My wife too was confused, didn't know what was happening. What's going on here? I couldn't tell her. That was a long time ago. I have more sense now than then. It's not a good place to be. You don't want to taste that kind of life. You know when you are so broke, nobody is giving to you. You're not wondering what's going on. Listen, there are people that give to me that are not any member from this place. They are not member of SKC. They are just people I speak to on phone, I minister to. And they send me money big time. In fact, the, the, the highest amount of money that, that I've received are from those out there. My wife can tell you. You see, Listen, pastors who don't understand, they limit themselves, they look at their congregation and limit themselves, they, this congregation, how can I ever get blessed? God, you said I should go full time. These ones will take care of me. But this small congregation, no! Your prosperity is not dependent on the people. It's dependent on you. You doing the word of God. Leave the rest to God. Where would they think of? Leave it, leave it, just leave that. God is faithful. We just read it. God can raise anybody from anywhere to bless you. Anybody. Let me tell you something. There was one time, about 150,000, I had to sort it out. It was a bill. <laughs> and I talked to the Lord about it. Now, normally and ordinary, there is no way that money could have come. Because I looked everywhere. Where would the money come from? 150,000. How are we going to get this money? You know what? Because God is great. The person that I was supposed to pay the money, that we were owing the money, came by himself and said, I give you. My wife is here. By himself says, don't worry about the money. I give it to you. <laughs> Listen, when you are seeing things, you, there are some things that have happened that you can't doubt anymore. Do you know the power of tithing? Listen, if you have 150,000, you know what you do with it. And somebody says, I give you. Early this year, I believe it was January. Last year, my children changed school. And when they change their school, you know, when children just change school, you know, they have to pay more. You know, all those kind of things, all that things that they have to pay. So we paid. We had barely over 20,000 there about to go. That was last year. In January, I called the proprietor. I called him up. I said, hello. Oh, hello, sir. You know, we spoke and said, oh, sorry, I, I want to get something clear about the amount that is remaining for these kids that I have to pay because I was ready to pay now. I wanted to pay for that term and also pay that. Say, I, I want to get something clear. And the man said, about what? I said, about the, the remaining money. The man said, no, sir, can we forget about all the other money? Let's just talk about this term's money. A provider. You, you, do you know what it means? Yes, I said, <laughs> just now, what do you do in such case? You begin to release power. Yeah. Say, you, you are blessed. 
<laughs> Listen, you wonder why you've never found favor? Nobody has ever given to you? It's because you two don't give. Listen, in the course of this, I will tell you about giving, about seeding. And how you can understand your giving. There are some things that you should not be, you can be, how can you be tithing and you'll be losing? The back, I said you should not, Malachi. Let's look at Malachi. This thing is not some joke. You think we are joking? The third chapter. I cannot teach you what I have not experienced. It will not flow. Even if it's flowing, it will enter your spirit. Enter your spirit. I want to read from the 10th verse. Bring ye all the tithes into the spot house that there, oh, may be meat in my house. Now, what kind of tithes is this? This is sacred tithes because it has to do with the house of God. He says, bring ye all. Uh-huh. All. Now, we read, Jacob said, all. I'll give you all the tithes. This one says, bring ye all the tithes. The same thing. Another thing you must not forget. When you are tithing with God, never deceive yourself. The Bible says God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sweat, he shall reap. If you are hiding and you think God is not saying you, see you. He's just, he just looking at you. You are always losing. He says all the tithes. You say some. All. You say some you are giving. All means all. All the tithes of what? Everything God has blessed you with. You tithe it. Everything. Tithe, it doesn't belong to you. You give at least 10% of it to God. Then God, you know God is so, listen, the first humble person that I know is Jesus, the most humble. And Jesus is just like God. God is so humble. God still had to come down to your level to be explaining why. Is it not God? He, he, he may not tell you why. But now look at what he's saying. He says, that there may be meat in my house. He's telling you why you should bring the tithes. So that there will be stuff in the house of God. Because if nobody is tithing, and nobody is giving in the house of God, how do we get better? How do we do things in the house of God? What about the pastors? How do they take care of them? You know there are churches where they employ thousands of pastors? How do you take care of them? Without this, this the work will be slowing down. And so, you wonder why some people don't have meat in their house. Because they don't put meat in the house of God. That's why. That there may be meat in my house. And God says, prove me now here with. There is no other giving in the issue of this word that God has ever told you to prove it. No other. Only tithing. God was so bold about this thing. I mean, it was so much that we had to be hearing visions that those who don't tithe don't go to heaven. Ha! Huh? Those who don't tithe. Now, I don't know how true that is, but it came from real men of God. What if it is true? Do you want to risk that? <laughs> Prove me now here with see the Lord of hosts. If I if I will not open you the windows of heaven, God says, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Oh, I receive it in the name of Jesus. This is mine, the name of Jesus. Now there's something that I want you to notice there. Some version says, it says, open you the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. It does not say pour you out blessings. It says, a blessing. There's a difference. 
Some version may say blessings. It doesn't say blessings. It says a blessing for a reason. He's talking about a full package that has everything inside. He says it will pour it down. And there will be no room. Then the thing lands. There will be no room to receive it. Listen, if you are a titan and you lack ideas, I don't know what you're doing. You've not taken advantage of your titan. Because ideas, innovations, creativity is part of it. There are some people that that's what their type just does for them. As they are typing, they will be having ideas, innovations, creativities. They think smartly and their business is expanding as a result. Because they are titans. Listen, if you don't type, you may have it shot against you. You now be struggling. How can I improve this thing? How can I improve this thing? How can I improve this thing? But a tighter, he's just thinking he already knows what to do. And the guy or the girl is just expanding. You think tight is some joke? Hey! You are, listen, you are not pleasing God if you are not tightening. You are not. It is not true. Yes, it is true that not everybody who is tightening is pleasing God. But it is very true that everyone that is not tightening is not pleasing God. Because that is breaking God's word. There are some people who are tithing, but they are not pleasing God with their lives. It's true. But for everyone that is not tithing, you are not pleasing God. Because you know what that is? Wickedness. How can you come to a house of God? You sit down, you get blessed in that place, but you will not put your tithes there. How wicked are you? There are even some members that are that wicked that they come, they are, that, this is their spiritual father, this is their pastor, everything. But they will still take the title of that church and go and put it somewhere else. You are doing what is wrong. You can't take the title of that church and go and put it somewhere else. It is not right. Hello? Because one thing is doing it, another thing is doing it correctly. You know, a beloved lady once told me, how she will split her tithes. She said, I tithe there. Usually I will split it. I tithe there at this other place in my church. No. I must be honest with you. That's not the way to do it. You can give them seed over there and give them some giving in that other place. But your tithe belongs to your pastor. Your church. That's where your tithes belong. Not splitting it. Don't split your tithes. How do you get your blessing that way? Why will you be split? Can I tell you something? Can I expose some secret to you? Oh God. I, I, will, teach you, I will teach you a lot in the course of this. But let me just mention something. Not everywhere should you drop your money. Listen hard. Not because something is wrong with them there, but that may not be your ground. Not every ground would je- Let me tell you, do you know SKC tithes? We tithe with ministries. And every time before we tithe, the Lord tells me where. At one time, tithed somewhere that the Lord didn't ask me. I knew in my spirit that I'd made a wrong. It was a mistake. It was not right. It's a big ministry, well-known ministry. But I knew that was not where the tithe should have gone. I knew, I just knew in my spirit that I, I missed it. Everywhere, we tithe with big ministries. But they are the ministries that the Lord has spoken to me that we should tithe with. Those are the ones we tithe with. We send our tithes. It's not everywhere you put in your tithe 
The most important thing is listening to the Spirit of God. Where does your tithe go? To your priest. That's what we just read. Because he's the one that has your blessing in his mouth. <laughs> Say hallelujah. It's true. Of course, you can take advantage of um, some other ministries. You know, that maybe God is blessing you too. You can take advantage. If you know that anytime I tithe in this place, I notice some serious boost, you know. Ah! <laughs> that may be a sign that... <laughs> Connect yourself properly. That place. <laughs> hey! Oh, we're about to round up, so I want to round up in the grand style. Okay. What verse now? What verse? And I will rebuild the devourer for your sakes. He's telling some of the benefits, one of the benefits of Titan. And I will rebuild the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast a fruit before the time in the field. Said the Lord of hosts, brothers and sisters, if you notice that you have problem with your things, getting spoiled, or you are losing things, the first place you should check is your tithe. Are you doing it right? If you are not doing it right, correct it. Because the Bible talks about the devourer. Your tithe deals with the devourer. If you notice that you are doing it right and your things are still getting spoiled, then that means it's time to use your mouth. That means the devil is trying to play some trick on you. So what do you say? You stand your ground and say, you devil, in the name of Jesus Christ, don't put your hands on any of my things. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, you devourer. I'm a tizer. And all nations shall call you blessed. That's me, brother. All nations. Is this some people? He says, all nations. All Everywhere I enter, they say, oh, that's a blessed man coming. Everywhere I go, oh, that's a blessed man. I mean, all nations shall call me blessed. All nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, said the Lord of hosts. All nations. Boy, I'm a blessed man. I'm so blessed. I'm listening, I'm listening good. Listen, I can bet anything with it. If you understand the reason you're tightening and you're tightening and you're doing it as you should and your heart is in your tightening, boy, nothing will be able to stop you. The future belongs to tighters. There are some people that God will so increase because of their tightening. Because God knows that the guy is consistent in that place. And that place is moving up. He's going up. As God promotes them, he promotes you alone. <laughs> That's what is happening to my life. Glory to God. That's what is happening. God is promoting me. Because when you have the money, you put it somewhere. And there's another guy over there that wouldn't do such. He wouldn't do such. So God just leaves him where he is. You know God resists the proud. He will leave the other guy. That guy that seems to be big man. He'll leave him there. And look for this other one that is humble. And keep promoting the guy. You with your big manism, you are still there. We are the ones. We are the ones giving to the church. You are the ones. God is hearing that. He will leave you there. And from nowhere, another person, huh? Before you know it, say, uh, this small boy, when did he start? He's going, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Until you are, you want, now be begging from behind, um, sir, what do you want to do? What do you people want to do in the house of God? I will help you. They say, ah, sorry, somebody already took care of it. <laughs> I reject that in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, there are some of you that you are going to be so big, you will sign your tithes in millions. 
Listen, do you know what tithe is? 10%. So if you are going to sign a 10% of something in millions, how much is the real money? You get what I'm saying? No, that, that's not the real money. That's just 1 million. That's how many? 10 million, right? 1 million of 10 million. Uh-huh, that's tight, right? Uh-huh. So if you now have millions, like you're signing 50 millions, oh, what do you think? How much is the real money? Hey! Before after takes place, some of you will pay the money. Ah, I'm telling you. You will taste money. You know, there are some people, listen, there are some people that are proud. When money, when the, it's small tights, they can easily send it. Say, um, okay, 5,000 and that, small tights. If they increase to 10,000, at least 10,000, 100,000, okay? Then the thing lands to be 1 million and I say 100,000. Ah, I know what I could do with that. And no, 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 we don't tie this kind of money. God sees that heart. That's why you will not go beyond certain level. Let, listen, always prove to God that there is nothing you cannot give him. Let everything become small in your sight. There is nothing I cannot give God. Let it be your heart. There is nothing. There is nothing. Listen, especially if you are a married man, you have to, you have to come out of that nonsense uh, temptation. Because you are already calculating if I give my wife this money. She could still buy some things in the market. But yet you have to tight it. Don't have that kind of heart. Reject it. Make up your mind that your tight is number one. We just read it. It's the number one law after the Lord of work. It's the number one law after the Lord of work. Because if you have a family, you could be tempted. That's the fact. You could be tempted. Say, you know how watch this with If I add it to my children's cookies. Hey, ah, this nice thing. Now, wow. Ha! No! You say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Now, listen, before you release your tithe, as you package the tithe, you say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I do a lot of transfer when I'm tithing. As I'm tithing, I'm already praying with tongues. Say, Lord, as I release this, in the name of Jesus, I open more doors up to me. In the name of Jesus, bam, the thing goes, as it's going. I say, in the name of Jesus, angels go forth and cause money to come. And you know what? Truly, in matter of days, money starts coming in. Sometimes, later that day, sometimes, the following day, sometimes days after. I will tell you, there are different kinds of seeds. Oh God, I can't teach you everything to do. Raise your right hand and pray in the Holy Ghost, fervently. Your right hand, barata seke rete judu preke roto prata. I'm in the class of billionaires. This message was produced by Supernatural Kingdom Church. To get more of our messages, call 0806 0087 643 or 0816 0114 389. Thank you and God bless you.